0: Welcome everyone, my name is Patricia Rosvora and I'm the host of Kitchen Conversations, a platform to speak about contemporary art from so-called Eastern Europe. In each episode you're going to be introduced to one artist, sometimes also a collective, whose visual or activist practice sheds light onto the complex former socialist region with all its histories, cultures, languages, foods, but also traumas and their inevitable contemporary consequences. The podcast is a fully independent platform existing since May 2020. If you enjoy the monthly conversations, you can support me via Patreon or share the episodes with your friends or via social channels. Hi, welcome back to all the new and old listeners of Kitchen Conversations. Last month, uh, we were speaking about film. I gave three film recommendations of Ukrainian artists uh, that are worth checking out. And today we will also continue uh, with film and cinema with a conversation I had uh, with uh, wonderful uh, documentary filmmaker Alisa Kovalenko. Alisa just uh, premiered her newest documentary film, We Will Not Fade Away, at this year's Berlinale Festival. Festival, and a week before that we met online to speak about the film, to speak about the process of making uh, the movie about uh, the war and how it influenced the making uh, of her work, about the protagonists, about hope, dreams, uh, and so on. We called online since Alisa was here only for the premiere. I was calling from Berlin, and Alisa uh, was calling from Kiev, uh, where, as she said on the day of the recording, uh, there were rockets being heard just in a neighborhood of her so not where she lives but just next door so for those wondering if kiev is actually doing well because it's in the center of ukraine The war is still going on no matter where. Bigger and smaller cities are constantly under attack. So considering that the conversation uh, was even more valuable for me since I was happy that Alisa was able to join and share her experiences and I invite you uh, to uh, welcome her, uh, to listen carefully to her work and her experiences, uh, which as you will see are quite unique and very brave. Welcome Alisa to Kitchen Conversation Podcast. Hello. We are here uh, to speak uh, about your film, We Will Not Fade Away, that will premiere uh, in around one week here in Berlin at the Berlinale. I was already uh, lucky to see it. And today, uh, hopefully, you will give us a little bit more insights about your inspirations, the process of making the film. For uh, those who perhaps will listen to the podcast without seeing the film, you're presenting us uh, with uh, five uh, young protagonists, five young people uh, that uh, live or lived back then in uh, eastern um, Ukraine and since uh, 2014 are basically uh, living in in war. You show us their everyday reality and basically uh, the lack of possibilities uh, which this place can't offer them anymore. Uh, But there is something offered to them, invitation uh, to join a very special expedition to the Himalayas. That's basically uh, the story of it. And my first question here, finally, I will give you the mic. Yeah, what was the inspiration of uh, starting to work with these young people, and how does the whole story, the whole film, uh, start for you?
1: So it actually started with the organizer of this trip. Uh, I met him in uh, um, 2018, and he shared with me this dream. Uh, he's a famous uh, Ukrainian explorer. Uh, he also worked a lot with kids. He created a sport TV channel for children. So for him, it was all, always something important to make some projects for, for children. And here uh, yeah, he told me that uh, he has this dream to organize this like, adventure therapy trip for kids uh, from Warzone, for kids who dr- were dreaming about traveling and see the world outside and didn't have the possibility to travel. And when I heard about this, of course, I was like very inspired, inspired because also I know Donbass very well. And I'm myself from uh, eastern Ukraine, from Zaporizhia For it's a big uh, metallurgical city, uh, it's like full of factories, it's like a Ukrainian Detroit. So I knew... Uh, I, I knew at the time, like, how is it to be a kid and uh, this kind of uh, uh, space, dreaming of something, like going somewhere, realize your dreams. And I, me, myself, I dreamed so much about seeing the world outside, and I didn't have this uh, possibility. So I didn't travel during the time I was a teenager. My parents were poor, so we didn't have any... Opportunity. Uh, so that's why I found it so amazing and so beautiful. So, yeah, I just joined um, Valentin. An organizer yeah, and we started to think together about uh, how to realize it and uh, we went together to donbass we see uh, many children uh, lots of uh, children teenagers wrote letters for we went to valentine about their dreams uh, about why they want to go to himalayas uh, why they want to see the world outside it was like a there were lots of personal letters about also their life, what they went through, and like. And after he selected five teenagers, and after I started to go more deep in their lives and um, live with them.
0: All right. So, so Valentin actually shared with you the protagonists. Let's say he introduced to you those protagonists of the film. Oh no, we we actually found them together. <laughs> All right, so you were also reading the letters and yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. I think.
1: yeah,
0: Amazing, because of course, they are also amazing protagonists. Uh, like They are also like all they do and how they behave is so special. They are also very, very smart people, I think, for their age, like very, very mature. So how they speak to each other and how they talk about emotions. I thought it was very impressive. I think uh, at 16 or 15, I wasn't so mature as they are. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but probably they also grow up earlier because of all the circumstances around it's make you kind of, uh, yeah, grow up.
0: Definitely. While watching the film I also um, noticed like a big difference of generations. So basically living in the same circumstances, like the young people still have so much hope in them and still so much curiosity and basically get creative with whatever they have there in this very difficult life conditions. But like the parents and the grandparents seem to really be so worried and also kind of lost hope. Can you tell a little bit about your experience of working with those uh, yeah, different generations uh, in this uh, particular small uh, village? Uh, actually, yeah, for me, it
1: was a very important topic because uh, these towns where I filmed, it's like a uh, coal mine towns where this generation and this like post-industrial generation, uh, they kind of uh, start to disappear. Um, and all these like uh, mines... Uh, um, uh, they had so much problems, uh, you know, with salaries, with uh, economical effectiveness of like uh, work of these coal coal mines. So it was clear that this generation, uh, it's it's the last generation of like working class generation, and these children, these kids, they had to find their own way in this in this world. Uh, what to do when you grow up in this small coal coal mining town? And for me, it was a very interesting phenomenon how they were looking for themselves and how they were trying to find the all, like, all their own unique uh, past um, so yeah, it was it was important and but of course also parents uh, their parents uh, are like uh, grandparents uh, half of them understood that there is nothing to do uh, in this um, place so they have to go see the world uh, go to big cities uh, and find themselves and um, yeah realize their dreams but. Um, at the same time, you have lots of people in this area who really want to live in this old world and they don't see a new world coming. So, and they're kind of like much more um, conservative in this, like looking for like um, new, new life. So, they wanted everything to stay like it was like 50 years ago. And this was also a conflict which I observed a lot uh, in, in this area in Donbass.
0: How long did you uh, work with them?
1: It was a really long process. Uh, It was like three years. And uh, because it's five of them. And I had to spend enough time to, you know, to have also trust, to feel this reality of each of them, to give to so all of them, this like voice, strong voice, and you have to spend quite a long long, long time with them. So uh, I was traveling because they're not also living, they're living in one area, but uh, quite far away from each other. So sometimes I went for like uh, three weeks and at first I spent like one week with one, one week with another, and after camp, and spent like another three weeks on another part of uh, Donbass in Lugansk region. I became, of course, friends with like with them, with uh, their parents, grandparents, everybody. Because you are filming, like, it's not adult people, so you come and you film them. So you have to be, become, like, build relationship also with the feminists. So, and it was, um, yeah, also part, uh, part of this work. It was, for me, very important to have a good contact and, like, good emotional contact with them. Uh, all relatives, also with all friends. Uh, I think now I know all teenagers from this area like everybody. <laughs> and when I like after one year, uh, people recognize me and say, "Ah, Lisa, hello!" Like <laughs> so, like all teenagers knew me because I went to discotheques with them, parties, and like everything. So it's a moment. I even like kind of felt that uh, some teenagers consider me teenager as well because like like what what is this girl doing like that she's like always hanging around with uh, uh, teenagers and especially with one of the characters andre he had the, his band uh, of boys like uh, and even after lots of his friends they were like uh, talking to me like i'm their friend like i'm also 14 them. years old so like uh, and of course to build this kind of relations uh, to be like implemented in this reality kind of that you become part you can become part of this reality uh it it takes time of course uh, and i I really wanted to that everybody feel me not like somebody from outside but that i'm completely from
0: inside it's also so uh special that they somehow the the young people got two um adventures at once right they did get this invitation to go to the Himalayas and also they got uh, to be protagonists in a documentary about the process to reach to the expedition. So I think also your uh, presence there was, I think, a big thing for them, no? And you you gave them a lot of exciting moments and I think that's also super beautiful. Uh, Yeah, yeah uh mm-hmm. i i think at the beginning they didn't
1: uh, understand how it will be that i will spend so much time with them but uh after they they understood they felt it so like uh and we had really nice moments not only about filming because i was not filming 100% like all the time sometimes we just had a nice moment without like camera and this is important for me as a like a documentary maker, I, I love to spend some moments together, even when camera like uh, switch off, you know, because it can build this kind of very important emotional relationship. So uh, sometimes I like after one year, I think I started to film less and I could spend like two days uh, filming one, like only one scene, but just the rest, we just went through different yeah, situations, moments, and I was observing a lot.
0: Do you have a big team which you work with? At
1: the beginning, we went together with a cameraman. But also I, I wanted to film also by myself. But at the time, we didn't have so much money. Um, and we, so he was filming uh, mostly. But after, I think, nine months, something like this, I bought a camera, a new camera, like um, uh, because we film with 4K and it's like, uh, yeah, it's... it also uh, required a lot of uh, hard drives uh, you know like it's so heavy like heavy yeah so and at some moment I started to feel by myself because um, for economical reason but also of course like I I wanted to feel by myself uh, because I wanted to feel more like more days spent there and we couldn't afford uh, cameraman going like and spend so much time in Donbas. So at the moment I decided, okay, I will do it by myself. So after like nine months, I film alone, completely alone. Uh, of course, like I have uh, my friend sound designer, who always like. Uh, saying like but Alisa, you don't forgot to record like um, good like good sound and atmospheres sometimes I forgot it so she was very angry at me of course it's <laughs> then, that's why we actually uh, also plan um, just before full-scale invasion to to go and to record some atmosphere sound you know yeah so basically it was uh, me uh, alone in donbas and after in the Himalayas uh, we had a team it was like two cameras I film, cameraman And uh, Masha, sound designer, sound director, who also like uh, record sound. So like in Himalayas, we had uh, like a full Full team, team, full uh, film team.
0: Yeah, And somehow I can really feel that uh, the image you create is so uh, personal and so uh, intimate, I guess. That's also one of the reasons that oftentimes you were just by yourself and because you developed such a strong relation uh, with the characters. Uh, also in your previous movie, uh, you worked uh, with young people, with a uh, young protagonist, uh, home games. Uh, you directed uh, your camera at a young uh, girl or growing up woman who is very talented in uh, playing football and that is her possibility to perhaps get out of uh, poverty she was born into and also I feel those same um Interest uh, comes in, in this film. Is there any particular um, motivation for you to work with young people and with people who are kind of on this uh, border between being kids and adults? Actually, I would say that I like this
1: energy coming from young people. I love it. Like uh, So, of course, and I also I have this energy from them and it's like uh, fulfilling me somehow. So I, I can be like inspired easily with these young, energetic people. But the uh, story uh, with home games, it uh, has um, like a long background because uh, actually I made my student um, film during my time in film school in Kiev about my cousin who was a professional football player. Uh, so I knew about this female... Uh, um, Uh, football culture a lot since i was a child because she brought me to some uh, uh, games and i was like uh, fascinated uh, by this world of female football and after she finished sport career she was like um, she felt completely lost. She couldn't find herself. And, uh, and I, met, I came to her and I made this short film, short student film. But I also at the time realized that many girls who played football with her, they, they were from um, uh, poor families or dysfunctional families. And for them, football became kind of a place where they found a new life and when they found hope. So, for me, it was very interesting, this phenomenon that these girls, and for them, football, it's not just a sport, it's also they fight for a better life. Uh, and I, after the student film, I really wanted to find my cousin, but when she was, like, 16 years old, you know, to find, like, this character. And I knew that there are many characters like this, like, in a female football. Because my cousin also, she, she, her family is, like, not, not very, like, they had lots of problems, uh, and, um, with the alcohol, and she grew up in a, very, very bad situation, like, um, in not nice circumstances and with her parents. Uh, So at some moment, I started to look uh, for um, girls' clubs uh, in Kiev and uh, I found one and I came to this training and it was very also nice because a trainer, she knew my cousin also. So, like, I had uh, very easy this uh, connection and uh, contact and I was observing girls, and one girl I was really interested in because I, I found her like kind of very cinematic. And after Trainer explained, like just told, told me uh, this story about Alina, the main character of home games, and I was like uh, shocked. And I, and I realized that uh, okay, this is a story, and this is a girl I want to make film about. So it happened like this.
0: So you rather go really with specific stories uh, to tell, but uh, they happen to be young people because you're attracted to this, uh, yeah, I guess energy that maybe as adults, uh, we lose a bit, right? This pureness and hope and curiosity coming back uh, to uh, we will not fade away Uh, the story is of course about uh, reaching the himalayas going to the himalayas and the young people also we see them train for for this adventure Uh, we will keep it open if they reach there and how it all developed. But I'm curious uh, if the trip was supposed to be actually physically uh, exhausting and challenging. Uh, were the young people actually supposed to properly prepare for it? Or was it rather like an easy uh, hike and it was more just to see beautiful nature?
1: It was supposed to be hard. <laughs> and we went to one training, it's not in- inside the film, but we went to Carpathian with them. And we all died, <laughs> like all like physically. <laughs> It was so hard, and we we climbed uh, Hoverla. It's uh, like the highest mountain in, in Ukraine, uh, and uh, it was like really hard, and especially for us, for film team. we realized With that, the equipment. Yeah, with all equipment that, yeah, camera batteries and like backpacks. So yeah, we like, okay, we also have to train a lot. <laughs> um, yeah for them but uh, uh, for me actually this like uh, Himalayas um, uh, uh, trip it was something more metaphoric uh, and became at some moment because for me it was not about this it was generally about the power of dreams and how this uh, your dreams can change your life and give you hope and like uh, so how you can conquer everything like um uh, so for me, it, this film become just a film about dreams and how these dreams can illuminate the darkest places. I was also a dreamer when I was um, a kid, when I was like living in this uh, uh, not very beautiful city, Zaporizhia. Um, yeah, but I had so much dreams and, and dreams helped me to, you know, to have this childhood, uh, not that dark, but rather like... Um, beautiful and funny and it was full of adventure as well that's why when i met uh, like my characters i actually recognized myself in them so for me it was very easy because i felt really connected with them
0: Was the idea of the expedition to just happen once or was it supposed to be like an ongoing uh, journey or like ongoing competition or I don't know how you would say uh, for young people and was this like the first try out of this? Yeah actually
1: we discussed it with Valentin because he was like so much inspired and he was saying yeah but like it could be good if I can create this project like which can be like a like every year for for kids, for teenagers, so we were thinking about it. Of course, it's like a question of money, support like from ministries and institutions, but we were really thinking about it. I talked with him like a few weeks ago. He made this kind of therapy expedition for veterans, for some soldiers also. Uh, so. Now, with the war, of course, it's very, very complicated to realize this project but maybe uh, it could be uh, after especially we will probably need uh, something like this for children uh, traumatized by war, uh, this kind of therapy projects, adventure projects uh, like uh, travel, and uh, it can be a very good way to um, to go through all these traumas
0: Mm-hmm. Of course, you said you started the film, actually, or the idea started in 2018, but uh, the film is premiering uh, just now. So I can imagine uh, you were still working on it when the full-scale war uh, started in Ukraine. Uh, Yeah, I'm curious how the the war and living in Ukraine influenced the process of working on the film and what actually pushed you to still finalize it and now uh, show it here in Berlinale.
1: We actually we were supposed to go to record this atmosphere sounds with uh, my sound designer, and also I was thinking maybe to film some scenes for for the film. Uh, so we planned this travel uh, before escalation started, and after escalation and uh, Donbass started, especially in uh, in this area from where like my my characters. Um, Anyway, uh, I decided to go. Uh, Masha, my designer, got sick, so she couldn't go. So I went there on 23rd of February. And I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning on the train. It uh, was like night train to Donbass. And my mother called me and said that there are rockets, rockets uh, falling in Kiev. So, but anyway, I went to my characters um, in Donbass, a small frontline village. But after one day, I didn't want to film anything anymore. I felt powerless as a documentary director. What I can do, how I can help people. I felt really uh, useless. And I understood that I have to act. At first, I, I wanted to evacuate them to help them uh, with evacuation from this area because they were living really so close to front line. It's like f- really front line village uh, with um, uh, one char- two characters from uh, another uh, town next to frontline, it was already impossible to help them because uh, they were occupied at, uh, quite fast after a full-scale invasion, so I couldn't even go there anymore. But uh, with, um, uh, with the characters from another part of the front line, I still could uh, help them, but they refused. They didn't want to be evacuated. They said, we have very good defense uh, with the Ukrainian army, nothing bad will happen here. And I was like, uh, I tried and tried, so it, and it didn't work. And finally, uh, we managed to evacuate one girl, one of the main characters, Lisa, who's like a painter. So we evacuated her from Kharkiv. She was already uh, studying there, design. And we evacuated her from students dorm where she was like under bombing. Uh, her family was in Donbass and was already under Russian occupation. Her whole family, full, full family. And we brought her to uh, Polish border and organized everything that she could go um, to uh, Western Europe. And after, yeah, I decided that I will go to fight on the front line. So I went to see my son, say goodbye, and I went to fight on the front line. Uh, And I spent four months And uh, after our military base was bombed, our friend and comrade died there. Um, My commander decided to take a break uh, before sign official like a contract with the regular Ukrainian army because we are in volunteer group, volunteer unit. And uh, I back home and I started to think what I should do now, who am I now? I'm a fighter, director and uh, of course i realized that i have to finish this film now because if i will sign a contract with regular army uh, i have to stay on the front line until the end of the war and i don't know i didn't know how how long this war will be it will be one year two years three years and i couldn't just say okay i will put back my film and uh, i felt also responsibility um, for my character that uh that this film should appear like uh, and i and i couldn't just uh forbid it uh, somehow uh that's why i decided okay i will finish this film and after i decide what i will do next i will go to frontline to fight or no we'll see that's how i actually i back to uh editing process of this film and of course i also got like influence from my colleague partners who told me, okay, Lisa, you had your fight on the front line and now let's fight on the culture front. So let's finish this film and let's show it to the world because it's also an important message and it's important um, to show this life, this uh, experience of uh, teenagers.
0: And uh, I assume uh, three of them who are actually, who managed to, uh, to leave to safety saw the film or will see it?
1: Yeah, for the first time they will uh, watch it uh, on uh, 22nd of February day of premiere at Berlinale
0: amazing and uh, you wrote also in the film, which I thought this was so nice that, yeah, you kind of gave a short description of what was uh, their future that most of them actually uh, followed their dreams and managed to, to really do what they wanted. Of course, yeah, the, the war changed uh, some of their uh, situations. Uh, but three of them actually uh, managed to to leave and continue studying uh, super creative and amazing things. I thought that was a, a really hopeful uh, ending or message at the end uh, of the film. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing all this here with me. I feel very honored uh, to speak to you. And uh, yeah, that's very true what you said, that fighting on the cultural frontline is also very important especially that yeah we here uh, can actually see the stories and uh, yeah perhaps all together change something and decide on the future. Uh, Last but not least uh, it might be a bit a question from a bit of a different pot uh, but the ending of uh, this podcast is always uh, connected to uh, tastes of home uh, because this podcast is called uh, Kitchen Conversation. So we speak here about art, politics, uh, but also uh, foods and home. And I think this all connects also to uh, the topics of what you work uh, with. Uh, so I wanted to ask you if you can share uh, some uh, favorite dish or taste or meal, uh, Ukrainian food uh, here with our listeners.
1: Yeah, of course, uh, our like uh, main dish it's, uh Borscht. it's kind of like a red soup with uh, vegetables and meat but it's there uh, are so many recipes even in different uh region in ukraine you can find like um so much different recipes of this um, dish but it's my, for me, my mother's uh, uh, borscht is the best, of course. Like I, I think it's for all Ukrainians, you know, mothers' uh, borscht. Or grandmothers, is, uh, yeah. Your grandmother, but me, I'm not really good uh, cooking borscht. To be honest, I didn't practice it a lot because I, I, I'm always so busy with work, so I don't have time to cook, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I heard also that like. Uh, the talent for cooking and like the the fun with cooking goes through second generation so if your mom was good in it maybe your kids will be uh, into cooking could be (laughs) good
1: I don't want him (laughs) to be a filmmaker for sure
0: (laughs) that's a tough job right
1: it's anti-family job like I don't have time for like my son and like it's so much yeah things so, yeah, I, I would prefer him to be maybe um, sh- a chef in a restaurant
0: than <laughs> more than a filmmaker. That's nice. Well, there's a whole future um, for that. Thank you so much, uh, Alisa, for uh, this conversation. It was very nice to uh, meet you here. Of course, all the best uh, for the p- premiere. Uh, and I wish you all uh, yeah good feedback and... Um, Curious reactions, and I'm so happy that uh, soon people will be able to see uh, the film and later also listen to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. this was it for today. Thank you for reaching till the end of this episode. I hope you can watch the film somewhere if you haven't done that yet. It's definitely a must-see. And last but not least, I wanted to give you some tips of how to support this podcast if you liked what you heard. Uh, You can, of course, uh, rate it and follow it on various uh, streaming platforms. Uh, You can have a look and perhaps buy the Kitchen Conversations cookbook. That is a cookbook I uh, published last year with recipes uh, of artists who appeared on the podcast and all the money from the sales goes uh, to supporting uh, this platform. of course and lastly you can become a patron of this podcast and support kitchen conversations with a monthly amount of your choice and in return you will receive some uh, goodies from me and a lot of love and good energy in the meantime take good care and we hear each other soon